Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm your host once again, Kevin Knight. At Falcoholic Kevin here to bring you one more Falcons 2023 mock draft before the Senior Bowl officially kicks off here this week. It's going to be starting, I'm recording this the week before, but this is going to be coming to you on Monday. And the Senior Bowl will be starting on Tuesday with the practices. I will, of course, be in Mobile in person to give you guys all the hottest and freshest takes from practice. You can also uh, pay attention to my Twitter handle, which is at Kevin, for all the clips that you can handle. I will try to get as many shots of one-on-ones as possible. Uh, you know, it's not like training camp where I'm literally on the sideline next to the play, so it can be a little bit harder to get some of the action, but I'm going to do my best to bring you guys all that good stuff from the week of Senior Bowl practices. But I did want to get a mock out there using sort of what I've learned about this group at the Senior Bowl and trying to feature some of these Senior Bowl players in the mock um, to get so you guys can see maybe how things might change from before and after with some of these guys right now, the value of players is in a certain spot. And after this week, you're going to see the value of a lot of players shift. Um, it happens every single year. The senior bowl is a very serious scouting event, um, with big implications for a lot of these guys. This is an opportunity, particularly for small school players or for players that are considering a position switch. You know, there's a lot of offensive linemen that often, our college tackles that need to transition to guard, uh, maybe guys getting cross-trained at center, that sort of thing. Um, you know, defensive players getting chances to to rush more one-on-ones, whereas in college they may have been more of two-gapping guys, those sorts of things. Um, and of course, the the big, you know, show stealers are always the wide receiver and DB one-on-ones, those are going to be fun. But how these guys, particularly the small school guys, particularly the guys making changes, how these guys perform could be big for their draft stock, um, and it could help answer a lot of questions about their evaluation. And we know how important the Senior Bowl is for the Falcons. They have drafted 10 players from the Senior Bowl in the past two drafts alone under Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. These two uh, clearly value the Senior Bowl a lot and use this as a big piece of their evaluations. I don't see any reason why we should expect that not to continue uh, in 2023. So this is going to be a very important week for the Falcons and their draft process, getting their final uh, look at these guys before the combine. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this mock. It will be my first seven round mock draft. Uh, I have to give a shout out to the draft network guys for uh, giving me access to the beta test edition of the mock draft machine. Uh, it should be available to the public relatively soon. Um, but it's an awesome program and it's by far the most sophisticated draft simulator 
Uh, you guys have seen me use the old version on the show last year quite a bit. I love it. Um, I love the logic of it. I, I love the fact that they use a composite board of all their, you know, 12 scouts or whatever to create what I think is one of the more accurate, realistic draft boards of all the simulators. Um, I think it's way better than PFF and PFN and all those boards, and they do update it frequently. Um, so that is going to be a big help. And it really, uh, you know, these guys, the Draft Network, have been doing tremendous work, uh, particularly with the day three prospects, because let's be honest, most of us haven't had time to watch that deep into the class yet. And I got to tip my hat to everyone over there for doing a lot of scouting on these day three guys. A lot of them are going to be at the Senior Bowl and might see their stock elevate. Um, so getting a look at some of their uh, early reports on these players has been very valuable for sort of fleshing out my knowledge of day three and the, and a lot of the prospects that the Falcons could be interested in in that range. So once again, big shout out to those guys. And um, I will definitely give you guys a heads up when you can get your hands on the new mock draft machine. It's a lot of fun to play with. Uh, it's a great, great product that they're working on over there. So big shout out to them. But without further ado, get in, getting into the mock here, the Falcons picking eight overall I'm going in a different direction here than I have in previous drafts. Uh, both of my pr first two drafts, the Falcons selected edge rushers. Now, the first one, of course, was when the Falcons were picking at 15, so it's a little bit of a different scenario overall. This week, we're going to be going with the offensive side of the ball. It's not Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Some of you probably panicked when I when I said offense, but it is going to be an offensive tackle. I'm going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. Um, to be the first offensive tackle off the board here. And the reason I'm going with Paris Johnson Jr. is I think that I think it's a tough call between him and Broderick Jones in terms of who has the, the highest ceiling. I do think that Paris Johnson Jr. is the better pass protector. And Paris Johnson Jr. also has extensive experience playing left guard, which I think is important for projecting his pick to Atlanta at this time. Um, and... A lot of people probably are going to ask, you know, why not Peter Skaronsky? I, and you've heard me talk about and talk up Peter Skaronsky on this podcast before. And the more, you know, I'm hearing about Skaronsky, there's, there's more and more buzz that there are concerns about his arm length coming in quite short, that a lot of teams view him as a guard. Um, Skaronsky's tape is excellent. He's a great technician. He plays with plenty of power. He's a good athlete. I don't really have any problems with Skaronsky, the prospect, but I don't, really agree with drafting a guy who's probably a guard or is going to have significant length problems at tackle in the top 10. Um, that doesn't mean it won't happen, but for me, I'm, I'm aiming a little bit higher with a top 10 pick, trying to get a prototypical tackle in here. Um, and you know, Paris Johnson, Jr. Broderick Jones, both over six, five, tremendous length, excellent athletes. Um, you know, Broderick Jones offers you more of that power, um, so I could definitely see the Falcons leaning more towards Jones. I, I tend to favor the better pass protectors in my evaluation because I think you can always get a guy in the weight room and improve their strength. You can always coach up run blocking technique. We've seen the Falcons do it over the past year. Miraculous turns or turnarounds for a lot of these guys um, and really sort of improving the run blocking floor of the entire roster. Dwayne Ledford's a great coach for that. It's hard to improve pass protection. It just is. It's, it's what, for whatever reason, it's more complicated. It's not as easy to fix. So I'm going with Johnson as a guy that I think has a higher floor as a pass protector. I think he's pretty close to being NFL ready. He does still have his, his fair share of things. You know, I think 
his hand usage isn't isn't ideal yet. He's still got some stuff to work on there. I do think that his strength is more than adequate. You know, it's definitely at that average level right now. I think he, I think he's got a ceiling to really improve, get in an NFL weight room, uh, and and get some more lower body strength, get some more pop in his hands, and, and improve the strength side of his game to where I think he can be an elite NFL left tackle. I think that's his ceiling. Um, the thing with Johnson that I really like too, is that this is a guy that's played extensively at left guard. So if the Falcons do decide to franchise tag Caleb McGarry, or even sign McGarry to a long-term deal, you can, you can draft Paris Johnson Jr. to come in, play left guard for his first season, maybe his first two seasons. And then either you can move him to right tackle to take over for McGarry. If something goes wrong there, you can move him to left tackle in a year or two when Matthews is, you know, Matthews is aging. I believe this will be his age 33 or 34 season. That may be incorrect. Don't don't quote me on that. But it, Matthews is aging, um, and he's starting to slow down a little bit, and his cap hits are high, and after 2023, the Falcons can move on from his contract pretty easily. So getting a guy in here to groom as your future left tackle is really smart long-term as well and can save the Falcons a lot of money when they're going to have to turn around and pay, you know, potentially pay McGarry, definitely pay Lindstrom. Um, And that's a lot of big contracts on the offensive line. So I think, you know, trying to work in a way to get some more rookie deals in here to balance out the paychecks of this offensive line is smart. Paris Johnson Jr. is an excellent tackle prospect. If If you prefer Broderick Jones... Not going to argue with you. Um, you know, I could definitely see Arthur Smith preferring that mauler uh, out there. But I'm I'm leaning a little bit more towards Jones at this point. But again, um, I think either way, that's a good spot. And I think this is, this is something that people really need to have on their radar is offensive tackle at eight. I think it's, it's up there with defensive line is one of the most likely scenarios for this pick. Um, and cornerback probably too, depending on who they hire at defensive coordinator. Um, and maybe, you know, in between the time I record this and the time that you hear it on Monday, they will have, there'll be more news about the defense according to your search. But right now, I'm recording this on uh, Thursday, no news yet. So uh, keep your ears open for that. Uh, but yeah, number eight overall, Paris Johnson Jr., I think it's a great pick. I think he's going to be a plus starter for the Falcons at left guard or at left tackle or even at right tackle. You know, maybe a little bit more of a transition there, but um, lots of good stuff. Uh, from Paris Johnson Jr. on tape this season. All right, uh, this pick I know is going to be popular with uh, a lot of Georgia fans. We're going with Edge Nolan Smith at pick 45 in the second round, uh, coming to Atlanta. Nolan Smith coming off that injury, that's going to hurt his draft stock. This was a guy that was flirting with the first round for sure prior to the injury. It did hurt his production. It it did, you know, hurt his sort of ceiling in the draft. But Nolan Smith is an excellent player. Um, Not overly, you know, he's he's certainly on the small side for an edge rusher, right? He's he's quoted as being about 235 pounds, 6'3", but when you watch Nolan Smith, the the strength is not a concern at all. Um, He is an extremely physical player way above his weight class. And that that's just a trait that some guys have, you know, it obviously um, the, the use of leverage is excellent. He's able to take advantage of his smaller stature. His athleticism is phenomenal. Um, and, and you, I just love the fact that you're getting an emotional leader, a guy that plays with just such a hot motor. I mean, I, I think that he's, he's a really good pick for this point in the draft. 
and I think his ceiling as a pass rusher is is very high. It, he hasn't really put it all together yet. Um, in that area, I think his overall pass rush plan is pretty undeveloped, and I think he he has a lot of work to do to get there. But I think Nolan Smith can come in and immediately be a starting base package player for you. Um, ideal sort of uh, overhang defender. I think he's got the the athleticism to potentially drop into zone coverage and do things like that. Um, you know, if the Falcons do pivot away from the three, four, it probably makes a pick like this less likely to happen. But again, at this point, I think I'm just going with the best players that are here. Um, and I, 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 I love, uh, Nolan Smith. I love his attitude. I love the high character guys. I think he's going to be coachable. Um, and I think if he can develop his pass rush plan, you know, work on some more pass rushing moves, maybe add a little bit more weight. You know, if he could get to 245, that would be ideal. Um, and I think the Falcons have a, a good starter there, but I think his floor as a very, very good, effective run defender, um, who just has the natural athleticism to be able to at least offer you that speed rush on the outside, even if his counters aren't there, still a, a player that's going to work his way into the rotation just from his athletic ability alone. I think you really like to have him in your rotation. Um, and, you know, second round pick. This is a good place for him to go. You know, I think with his injury, you might see him fall to this range. Um, and I think the Falcons sh- should absolutely pounce if he's still available at this point in the draft. Um, all right, moving on to the third round selection. Falcons uh, still need defensive reinforcements. We're going to continue on that route. So before I reveal the pick and take a sip of my coffee here, hold on. We're going to go with a uh, wearing my Syracuse shirt today, so I, I had to get a Syracuse player in this mock. Uh, cornerback Garrett Williams from Syracuse with the 76th pick in the third round. Um, a really good corner, probably a corner that was going to go a lot closer to the top of the second round. Uh, before his injury, he did unfortunately tear his ACL in October. Um, only had about half of his college football season. Um, so... Williams is coming off that injury. That's going to hurt him. Uh, An ACL tear is not, you know, the death knell that it used to be for players, but it's going to prevent teams from getting, it's going to prevent teams from getting full testing numbers on him. And I do think one of the things that you would be concerned about watching his tape is, you know, does he have that elite long speed to carry those guys deep? And I, I, Williams is a good athlete. I think his, his short area quickness is really good. I think, um, I, I think his lateral mobility and his explosiveness and all that is great. I don't know about the long speed necessarily, so that's something to monitor. I do think he's got uh, good size, right? Six foot, almost 200 pounds, um, you know, solid size for the outside. I think he's got good length at that size as well. I just really like his demeanor on the field. Um, that's one thing that really stands out watching him. Like if you, got, if you like players like a Devon Witherspoon, if you like guys, uh, you know, like a J.C. Horn, they're really feisty chain snatcher type cornerbacks you'll love Garrett Williams that's definitely his style um really physical really good run defender um excellent in zone coverage I think that's sort of his best uh his best play you know and the Falcons definitely ran more of a zone heavy scheme under Dean Pease we'll see who the next coach is and whether that changes things I do think that he's more than capable of playing man um but I do think I do think that zone is probably going to be his best, at least to start out. I, I think he's got the skills for man coverage. But like I said, maybe not the guy you want matched up with the elite speedsters. Or if you do, you're probably going to want him 
to have some safety help over the top. But, you know, without teams really being able to get that testing to get those firm numbers in there, that's probably going to lead to him falling a little bit more. And I think the Falcons can benefit by getting him in the third round um, and getting a guy who I think is going to be a very good NFL cornerback too. Um, so big, big fan of Garrett Williams, uh, hometown guy for me. This isn't really my hometown. It's just where I live. But, uh, you know, got to get a Syracuse player in here. Um, and I do think that uh, Garrett Williams fits the Dean Pease defense really well. I think he could fit a lot of schemes well. You know, we'll see if if the the new coach is going to continue on that path or go in a different direction. But for now, I think Garrett Williams makes a lot of sense uh, playing alongside A.J. Terrell in that secondary. Um, next pick here. Uh, you know, I mentioned we were going to be getting senior bowl guys in here. Unfortunately, didn't work out for the first three picks. But we're going to get a run of guys uh, after this point. Um, so first fourth round pick for the Falcons, pick 110. I went with uh, safety Jamie Robinson from Florida State, who is a, a I think an underrated safety right now. I do think he could see his stock sort of elevate into that or that late day two range potentially. Um, but for now, I I I like the fit here early in the fourth round. Uh, and this is another guy like I'm still sort of scouting under the mindset of a DMP's defense, but. And Dean Pease loves those versatile, interchangeable safeties. And that's exactly what Jimmy Robinson is. Um, he's played everywhere. He's even played a little linebacker. Um, I think the Falcons really need more of a physical enforcer back there, a guy that's going to be a really good tackler to complement, you know, the guys that maybe have a little bit more range on the back end. And that's exactly what Robinson is. He is a fierce tackler. Um, just 5'11", but, you know, is at that 200-pound mark, so got that, that weight. Um, and yeah, he, he's just a really fierce <laughs> physical guy in the secondary. Um, I, I like his overall athleticism, athleticism. Um, I think he's going to be really good as a split safety. Uh, I, I like him in zone. I like him playing close to the line of scrimmage too. He's, he's pretty, pretty dangerous in like a robber role and stuff like that. He's got great instincts, um, in zone coverage. So that's that's the role I prefer, but he does have the range to be able to play deep. I don't think he's going to be like an elite player back there. He's not, you know, one of those Jesse Bates types guys in terms of range. But again, if you do get a Jesse Bates in here, I think Jamie Robinson's a great compliment who can rotate back there and play that role if you're trying to get creative with how you deploy your safeties. But I, I think that uh, this is a good fit for uh, Jamie Robinson and and. Really, it's a good fit for any defense because of all the, the alignments he can play. So, uh, fourth round safety, Jamie Robinson. The Falcons need reinforcements at safety. Um, whether they go after Jesse Bates or not, I think they could still use a good uh, player to bolster that rotation. Next fourth round pick, going back to the offense uh, after three straight defensive picks, right? Uh, going for one of my favorite day three wide receiver prospects, uh, Jaden Reed of Michigan State. This is a guy that I really enjoyed watching. Um, someone that really wasn't on my radar at all going into the offseason. Um, but when I look at the Falcons receiving core, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what do they need? Um, I think they really could use a guy that can separate in the short area of the field, a guy that's physical at the catch point, um, someone that can can really breathe some more life into their crossing routes, breathe some life into the screen game, someone that can, you know, take reverses and do some of those gadgety plays. And, and Jaden Reed really checks all those boxes for me. Um, 
he's very he's versatile, right? Um, I think he's going to come in around six foot. Uh, I think he's going to be you know potentially over two hundred and ten pounds. He's a thick built receiver, almost looks a little bit like a running back, um, in my opinion. And this is a guy that you can pretty much line up anywhere. He's able to play on the outside. He's able to play in the slot. You could put him in the backfield. Um, very versatile skill set. Uh, good overall athletic package. I think his best trait is like his lateral mobility, his change of direction, his short area quickness. The long speed isn't exceptional. I think he's going to be maybe like a you know low four fives guy, maybe a high four fours guy. Not like a you know someone who's going to be a real dynamic deep threat but he's got enough speed to threaten deep and I think to me the yards after catch ability is what really stands out about him he's a good route runner he's got really good hands in traffic um he's just really damn hard to tackle uh so like like I said that size um that thickness to his frame he's just really he has tremendous contact balance uh very hard to bring down and I think the Falcons could really benefit from having someone they can dump the ball off to uh, as an outlet for Desmond Ritter if you know the pass protection breaks down as someone who can really hit those crossing routes uh, and, and, and get a lot of spacing. Um, he creates good separation. He runs good routes, good hands. Like There's really not a lot of problems with this game. He just doesn't really have that elite size. He doesn't really have that elite deep speed that's going to make him stand out and loft himself into that sort of like day two range. Maybe he will if he has a great senior bowl. But um, if he stays in this, like, early day three range, I think the Falcons could be getting a steal as a guy who can be, I think, a potential wide receiver two in terms of volume. You know, probably more of a wide receiver three type. Um, But, you know, uh, I think he could have a more productive NFL role than he did in college. And and I like him a lot. And the price tag is not very high here. So um, definitely a guy that I like for the Falcons here on day three. Uh, next pick going to be another senior bowl player. Uh, I believe it's going to be all senior bowl players to close out this mock. Uh, so the Falcons fifth round pick, assuming of course that Calvin Ridley is reinstated, which pretty much everyone is assuming that there's not really any reason I think that he wouldn't be. I think we may have heard something by now if that was likely to happen. So assuming they do get the Jaguars fifth round pick, um, that'll be pick 160. Um, we're going to take a linebacker here. D winters from TCU, uh, linebacker. I really like. Um, guy that is probably going to fall a bit because of his size, right? He's only 6'1", 230, a defensive back convert, really good coverage player. Um, but look, um, he doesn't have that high end size. He's never going to be a stack and shed thumper linebacker, but he is a really good blitzer. He's exceptional. Um, tremendous athleticism, great athlete, can play man, can play zone, um, and you really like the leadership traits, right? Uh, multi-year team captain at TCU, one of the primary leaders and communicators on the defense, um, really good range on the back end, you know, more of a run and chase linebacker than like a head up in the hole type of guy. Um, I do think he's got room to grow as a run defender. Um, and I, I think, you know, depending on the scheme that the Falcons go with that may, you know, they may want to go more towards that bigger three, four inside backer type of guy uh, that's going to be taking on more of those blockers head on. If they go more towards that four, three look, they'll definitely have a space for more of a weak side backer like a D winters to get in there, you know, run around behind what's hopefully a much better defensive line and make plays. Um, But, you know, 
really the the value at linebacker is the guys that can play coverage because you can find thumpers in free agency for cheap. I mean, look at Rashawn Evans, right? Um, came in good thumper for the Falcons. You can find those guys pretty easily in the veteran market. The guy, the really good coverage backers are the ones that you're going to struggle to find. And I think the Falcons have still not found that guy. Michael Walker struggled this year. Troy Anderson's extremely raw. Um, I think he's got a lot of upside as a man coverage guy against tight ends, but in zone, he's still pretty lost. And we know Rashawn, we know Rashawn Evans, you know, limitations in coverage. So I think D winters can come in, provide a lot of stability in the linebacker room in terms of his ability to play coverage and uh, has some upside too, as a run defender. I think he can get better there. And I, I think he's, he's very good as a uh, blitzer too. I mean, seven and a half sacks as a blitzer this year, just a very explosive player. Um, He's a guy that I could see definitely rising up draft boards to. Uh, might not be available this late, later in the in the process. But uh, if he's there in the fifth round, I'm taking him every time. I, I really like that pick. And I, li- I like day three linebackers in general. I think it's a place you can usually get really good value for these guys. Um, all right, two more picks to go. The Falcons do not have sixth round pick due to trades. Um, so round seven, all the way in the seventh round, pick 226. These are these seventh round picks don't get too into the weeds about seventh round picks. I'm just gonna throw darts at guys that I like um, and guys that I've been looking up a little bit for the Senior Bowl. Um, we didn't get a defensive tackle. That was sort of the one position that we missed. I do think the Falcons are gonna add a lot there in free agency, so it's not necessarily going to be as big of a need as it appears right now. But I still think they've got room to add guys there. So I'm gonna go with uh, defensive tackle Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma. Um, this is a guy that is a little bit of a tough eval, um, 6'2", 279, so sort of a weird frame, right? Um, smaller, probably too small to play edge, doesn't have really enough weight to be a traditional D-tackle either. Um, there's also the off-field stuff. Uh, he had a DUI in 2020, he'll be 24 during his rookie season in the NFL, so there's, there's reasons that this guy is probably going to go late on day three. But if that stuff's behind him, if the team, if teams like what they hear in the interviews and he has a good pre-draft process, this is a, a guy that really has uh, tremendous athleticism. Uh, he flashes for sure. Um, really good explosiveness, really good power. Honestly, has pretty advanced technique. I, I, I think I saw some pretty good counters from him in terms of pass rushing. I think he uses his hands well against the run. And he's he's got the motor that you look for on the interior. So in terms of the tape... A lot to like about Redmond. Obviously, there's the off-field stuff. Obviously, there's the stuff with his frame. But if the Falcons stick with more of that 3-4 defense, I think he's got a, a ready-made frame to play that 5-tech role, to play that 3-4 defensive end. Um, I think this is a good spot to draft him. It's low risk. You know, you get a jump on him. Where I think he would probably be a pretty coveted UDFA type of guy. Get him in the seventh round. Don't don't let other teams outbid you for him. And, and maybe get a diamond in the rough here. Um so I like Redmond. Uh, I'm interested to see how he performs at the Senior Bowl too. That could definitely vault him up if he interviews well and that sort of thing. So uh, Jalen Redmond, defensive tackle there at pick 226. Final pick of the draft, uh, pick 249. It's not the last pick in the draft. For a little while, it looked like the Falcons might have the last pick in the draft. And I guess, I think if Kansas City were to... I think if Kansas City were to win the Super Bowl, it might be the last pick in the draft still, but um, we'll see. So I'm taking another wide receiver because it's really hard 
in the seventh round to find contributors. I think the positions where you can often find that is linebacker, is wide receiver, is running back, um, because there's so many of these guys and, and guys fall through the cracks all the time. Um, so why not go with a guy that has experience with your quarterback, right? And Desmond Ritter, we'll go with uh, Trey Tucker here, wide receiver from Cincinnati. Um, this is a guy also that could see his stock really rise at the senior bowl. The concerns are obvious right off the top, right? He's, he's small, um, five, nine, 175. So really right on the cusp, like he needs to probably stay at 175 or above, or teams are going to really drop him because that you can't really play in the NFL much lighter than that. Um, so it doesn't have the size, really a slot only player doesn't have a lot of length either. So the catch radius is going to be something that's going to be challenging for him. Um, but other than that, looks like a really good receiver. I mean, the athleticism is exceptional. He's got the deep speed. Um, I think he's got explosive traits, short area quickness. Um, I think as a slot receiver, he's got a lot of upside. The thing that really stands out to about me with Tucker is that he really catches the ball extremely well. He doesn't have the biggest catch radius, but if the, if the ball's put on him, he's going to catch that thing. Um, he's... He, he's almost like a Drake London, you know, competitive catch point receiver in a tiny body. Um, and that's really impressive, uh, honestly. Like, he he does play heavier than you would think. Um, he does also, he's totally unafraid in the slot. He's a guy that will go over the middle and get clobbered and make the catch and hold on to it. Um, and, and very competitive. Another guy that's just an explosive option for your offense in the short game and the long game. Um, I like, I like his ability to separate, you know, and the experience with Ritter, I think really gives you the sort of confidence to be like, let's get this guy. Um, let's get this guy in here. Let's get him in there with Ritter who already experienced throwing to him for multiple seasons. Um, and I think he can really hit the ground running because of that. I think it it makes a lot of sense to sort of prioritize him. With, a, with an actual pick of the draft, get him in here. And the Falcons are going to have two fresh faces, young, talented players in this receiving quarter really bolster this unit. It's maybe not the top guys that some were hoping for. There's still opportunities maybe in free agency to do that. But um, I think you like the depth that you've added to this group with Jaden Reed and Trey Tucker coming in here. So that's my, my final pick uh, in this mock draft. So that's all the Falcons picks in this one. We did get through it in under 30 minutes. That's impressive. Uh, <clears throat> but I hope this was interesting for you. Um, definitely going to have more of these coming. There will be one after the Senior Bowl as well, uh, reflecting some of the changes that we've seen. We are still running the Senior Bowl fundraiser all the way through the Senior Bowl itself. So if you're if you're uh, interested in helping us get the rest of the way there, as of recording this on Thursday, we're about 75% of the way funded. Uh, we're in great shape, so thank you so much to everyone that has donated. Uh, if you're interested in donating to that, you can go to the tip site. It's streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. It's uh, right there right now if you want to see it, if you're watching on video. Um, or you can go to Venmo uh, on my Twitter. It's attached there officially through the Twitter account, so if that's your preference, that's perfectly fine as well. Um, if you're not interested in donating, totally cool. Uh, you can also... Just give us that like and subscribe on YouTube. That really helps us out. Uh, you could also leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Those also help the show out immensely. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, stay tuned. 
this week for all of our Senior Bowl coverage. It's going to be coming in hot and heavy. Starting on Tuesday, we will have live shows every day to recap practice. Hopefully get some good guests from the Senior Bowl as well on here. And then we'll be full steam ahead into free agency in the draft after that. So thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. Once again, I'm Kevin. I have Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, follow me there on Twitter. Check out the site, alcoholic.com, for all that tremendous written content. And have a great day, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Falcoholic Live and Falcoholic Podcast. Have a good day, guys.